0: Bruce line So in the days of Christian rap diss tracks, yes there's been multiple diss tracks made about me, in the days of YouTube exposed video, in the days of controversy, um, and, and, and people just looking to smear other people in the name of God, I thought it would be appropriate to share some of my own story, expose myself, if you will, so you guys have a context of who I am, where I come from my shortcomings, all that kind of stuff. So uh, this is this is part one of my testimony. Now, again, my name is Ruslan. I'm a hip-hop artist, creative entrepreneur. I've been a full-time artist since 2015. Been really serious about YouTube probably for the last, uh, I don't know, year. This format has been going really strong for about the last six months, and it's been great. This, this channel has grown by 25,000 subscribers in 2020 alone, which is incredible to think that I started with 15,000 at the beginning of the year so I wanted to give you guys my story so you guys knew a little bit about me um I was born in a small country called Azerbaijan Baku just of north of Iran uh Azerbaijan is right next to Armenia and I am half Armenian my father's Armenian my mother was adopted she was raised in an Armenian household now if you guys been keeping up with what's going on between the Azerbaijanian Armenian conflict it's it's goes way 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 back and uh armenia is right in between turkey which is very hostile towards armenia and uh in between azerbaijan which those two countries call themselves one nation two states that's how they call themselves in terms of that and so armenia is a predominantly christian country by christian i mean Orthodox Armenian, uh, apostolic church Christian, they, they view their lineage going all the way back to the Apostle Bart, and they view themselves as the first Christian country that that like officially recognized Christianity as its world religion. Now, why is, why is that important? Because this is the, this is, I'm Armenian, but I grew up in Azerbaijan, and in the late 80s. Um, there was tension between the Arzis and the Armenians and the pogroms of Baku happened, which basically meant that all the Armenians were begin to get attacked. And my dad was working in Moscow and me and my mom were the last ones to leave. And Armenians historically, because they're the first Christian nation, they do not follow the uh the 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 law of the New Testament again and most of this is cultural but think think more orthodox Catholic vibes right that's the the way that it is it's like you kind of you're culturally a Christian you're not what I would say born again right so long story short uh, my entire family leaves my mom stays behind. Uh, Armenians are not welcome in Baku. Baku is is kicked all of them out, and we have to flee. But before that, we we do that, we have to stay behind, and my mom has to sell some stuff and kind of get all the affairs in order, if you will. All of this is under communist Russia, a communist Soviet Union, by the way. So. Um, it's just a weird time you got and, and, and Communist Soviet Union didn't really have anything to do with the programs they didn't really care it didn't really matter to them what was going on and the programs break out they're attacking Armenians again this is a, a Azerbaijanian culturally Muslim country we're culturally Christian and we have to f- uh, file for asylum we filed for asylum in uh, Israel in Australia and America was the last place we filed for it and we ended up winning the lottery more more or less, and coming to America as refugees. Now, right before this happened, again, remember, my dad is working in my dad is working in um, my dad is working in Moscow. My mom is there by herself and me. And at some point, according to my mom, in Christianity, uh, Christianity Today the story on this. Uh, I, this is, okay, I'm giving you a little too much information, okay? Just, just bear with me, but, but but you guys can go read the article about this later. I, because we're Armenians, Armenians don't culturally get circumcised, right? As most Eastern Europeans don't. It's a cultural thing, but it's also theological to an extent based on Galatians, the book of Galatians. So I was not circumcised as a child. I had some kind of weird urinary tract infection. Long story short, I ended up getting circumcised later on, like three or four And the, uh, Azerbaijani and Muslims are circumcised. They follow the law, right? Muslims follow the 613 Jewish commandments. So long story short, apparently they ran and came into our house attempting to hurt us and kill us because they had heard we are Armenians. Again, my mom's raised in an Armenian family. Um, I'm Armenian. And apparently they, uh, my mom was like, look, we're not Armenian. And she showed them my wee wee. (laughs) I don't remember this, but this is the way she tells the story. And so technically, uh by by I guess my penis saved my family's life in a way. It's ridiculous, but this is this is this is you know, this is the story she's always told me. So Uh, Again, so it's one of those like really interesting distinctions, but it is actually, oddly enough, a scriptural one in terms of you read the Galatians and the, the Gentile Christians not needing to be circumcised. And again, the Armenian Christian community believes that they all go all the way back to the Apostle Bartholomew. Hilarious, right? So... (laughs) we survive we come to america on an airplane and (laughs) i know you guys are like yo this man's bugging uh we come to america come on an airplane Uh, my mom and my dad had some issues back in, in, in Russia. They were both, you know, not the most monogamous couple. They both cheated on each other. They both had all kinds of drama in their, in their relationship. And they were coming to America with a fresh start. Well, we come, uh, I'm learning the language. We have an apartment. We're on welfare. We're poor. We're in San Diego, Southeast San Diego. This is a completely different time in the early nineties, May of 1991. I'm six years old. We come, boom, uh, what happens is my mom stays in contact with her ex-boyfriend or her you know, her side piece back in Russia, and she wrote him some letters or a letter and like put kissy marks on it, like with the lipstick. And before she had a chance to send it, I discovered them as a six-year-old, thought that they were from my dad, and brought them to my dad as like a, oh, look what mom did for you. I couldn't read. Not to know that those were actually to her ex-boyfriend that was the straw that broke the camel my dad then subsequently leaves right and uh, and and they split up now my dad leaves he also was seeing someone else he brings her out he gets remarried the whole bit My mom and my dad, I guess, were technically, legally still married. And the way the immigration system worked is when we came to America, we were a part of the Armenian church. That was kind of who provided us resources, provided us community. My mom is extremely bitter towards the Armenian church. She thought that they completely failed her in in remarrying my dad uh, to my stepmom. Who, by the way, me and my dad have a great relationship now. My my stepmom has a great relationship now. Like I'm good with everybody. I love everybody. We do holidays together. It's, It's fantastic. But um, yeah, I was definitely snitching at six years old. Uh, I think I carried that subconsciously. I think I, um, I think I carried that subconsciously. I think I uh, I, I you know w- felt guilty for it, felt ashamed for it. And you have this this weird transitional situation where my mom becomes really bitter. I'm like an altar boy at this like Armenian church, and uh, and and it just I'm just like confused because I hear a lot of resentment towards the faith towards religion, and in the same process, uh, at one point, earlier on, I ended up getting exposed to pornography super duper early. I'm talking like four or five years old. In America, while I was a part of this Armenian church, we were all altar boys, I ended up uh, getting assaulted, sexually assaulted, by some other kids that were serving on the uh, the the Armenian altar boy situation, right? Meaning I, I was seven or eight at this point. My dad's not in my in my life. He's he's then moved on. I don't really get to see him too often. My mom's telling my dad Ruslan's no longer your son and uh, and and you know we just weird stuff. And so these kids that I met that were also from Baku that were also refugees, I was the youngest. They were like 13, 14. We met through church in the local community, in the local area that we all lived in, normal Heights at the time. I ended up getting assaulted. So here I am. Uh, my mom hates the church. I, uh, I don't like, uh, I, I, I get shamed and ran through the mud and kind of made to be like the bad guy in this situation at like seven or eight, right? These kids are all older, 13 and 14. I was, you know, they, they, they literally, I remember the first time I had to be seven or eight. They, someone asked me if I was gay. Like, imagine asking a seven or eight year old is are you gay because of the the rumors that per- that perpetuated and it was like in hindsight like yo I was assaulted like these were older kids these were teenagers who was like sexually assaulted me so I'm carrying all this I'm carrying probably subconsciously my my family's marriage falling apart uh I don't I'm not a I'm not American right so I'm, I'm still learning English uh my my the, the, the church community has now ostracized me and my mom and, uh, and, and it's just, and I'm just a mess. Like I'm just a complete mess to the point where I'm full on atheist at this point. I'm, I'm like at, a, at, at the age of like 10, 11, I'm professing to be an atheist fifth, sixth grade. I'm really into gangster rap music. My first concert, I went to see the chronic tour with Snoop and Dre and like 93, 94. Everybody else in my apartment complex is black. They're into hip hop. So getting exposed to hip hop. And then later down the road, folks got saved in my apartment complex and, uh, and, and and that's when I first heard the gospel, and I'll get into that in part two. But the passage I really wanted to share with you guys, and this has kind of been my life verse. Uh, I, I like to read passages and not just life verses, but this has kind of been my life verse that I've been sharing with you. Is like, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of stuff, and, and I've gone through therapy, and I've done this thing called men skills at my church, and you know, uh, have had time to heal, and I'm still healing. Like, don't get don't get it twisted. This kind of stuff does does go with you, and it is important to address it as you get older um, because it does manifest in different ways ways you don't even understand. But this is the passage I wanted to leave you guys with. And I'll do part two probably later tonight. Um, So this is John chapter 10. And I, I don't know, something about this passage just clicked for me. I knew the world was a dark place. I knew religion even wasn't that dope, right? But this passage here is Jesus. And he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, Uh, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd or the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep will follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said, Truly, truly, I tell you, I am the door of the sheep. Now the sheep are humans in this situation, right? The sheep are humans, and, and, and Jesus is saying he's basically the shepherd. And then he says, check this out, he says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved and will go in and find pasture. And then it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the shepherd, the good shepherd, who lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So in my life... um I knew there was evil in the world, right? I knew there was an enemy. I knew that that, that the kind of stuff that happened to me, and again, like there's folks that definitely have went through worse, right? But I knew that there was bad stuff. I, like, you didn't have to convince me that the world was broken. You didn't have to convince me that I was broken, right? I knew that, right? Fairly straight and simple. So this verse right here that says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief is the enemy in this situation, right? I knew that that. There was something over my life where the enemy was trying to steal and kill and destroy me, literally, sexually, physically, emotionally. There there was something like it just felt like there was something, something being robbed, something attempting to be pulled away from me. Right now, I don't think Satan is omnipresent or all knowing. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just was weird. And I remember when I first started hearing the gospel, my my neighbor, my first best friend in America, his name was Stephen Jackson. His mom, was her name was Cherie. Cherie got caught moving weight. Uh, again, San Diego was a much di- different time. And she did some prison time. And she came out radically saved and converted. Our whole apartment g- building gets saved except me <laughs> and the other immigrant family, the other Armenian family. And they, the, literally the entire building just started telling me, you're going to do things for the Lord one day. You're good. This is like six years before I was saved. You're going to do great things for God. You're going to do things for the Lord. You're going to do great things for God, right? So this verse, like, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Um, one, I knew that the evil was real. I knew that Satan was real. I knew that the things that happened to me weren't normal or supposed to happen to other kids. And now I have a six-year-old. So I just imagined the world. Like I imagined myself in my son's shoes, right? And just how wild all of that was. And then two, I also knew that there was something better. I knew there was something more. I knew this wasn't the way life was intended to be. I knew that... Uh, that that there was more out there, and not just in a materialistic sense, but in a spiritual sense, right? And so when Jesus says, "I've come to, I've come that they may have life and have life more abundantly," that that word, that that idea of life more abundant, of 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 just a life, right? A, a life that isn't um, based on pain and hurt and shame and fear, but that's based on abundance and. Um, holiness and goodness and faithfulness and patience and kindness and so that's that's kind of part one guys like that and th- that was one of the first verses i heard that obviously everybody hears john three sixteen, but that was one of the first verses i heard that really stood out to me and so my um i don't know that that's that's that is something that i think i'll always hold near and there is that like hey in my life if i look back in hindsight Gosh, there's some wild stuff that happened to me from from coming to why we came to America was really dark to coming to America, being on welfare, being super poor, single parent home, my dad not in the picture, a lot of alone time, really dark. And in part two of this video, I'll get more into um, uh, how I got arrested <laughs> at like 11, um, messing around with gangs, um, you know, just just a lot more stuff and ultimately what led me to faith in Jesus and professing my faith. So this is all pre-conversion by the way. I, I didn't get saved till I was about 15, 16, 17 in that Paul Park. And even that people are like, w- "Do you remember the moment?" I don't remember the moment. It was a it was a it was it was a process, man. God really had to like work on my heart and reel me in so hopefully you guys found this encouraging i'd love to hear from you guys uh i'm gonna do part two i don't know if i'll do it tonight or tomorrow but i just thought it'd be good for you guys just to know more and more about me so that you kind of know where i'm coming from like i'm not coming from an american cultural christianity Uh I, my, no one in my family is a christian still you know what i'm saying like i'm praying for them um uh, and uh, and and I'm believing that they will all come to faith at some point. But I'm on on my side of the family. I'm the only like born again believer who goes to church. And so, uh, part two coming soon. So thank you guys uh, for watching this. Give this video a like if you could. That would really appreciate it. Feel free to share it with somebody. Uh, and I'm gonna continue leaning into this and continue being vulnerable with you guys because hopefully it's helping you. And if it's helping you, again, like this video, share this video, subscribe, share with somebody that probably uh, can relate to the story. Appreciate you guys Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce lawn Ah yes. Ah yes. Ah yes. I saw my mama smile through the silhouette. Sunshine, Sunshine, But she don't know that I still feel like we ain't made it yet. No, I ain't lying at all. I ain't lying at all. I remember walking back from grocery stores and she would carry me sore. Muscles didn't